Welcome to the Faith Assembly Podcast. We're so glad that you joined us today. It is our desire at Faith to help you connect, grow, and go in your walk with God. We hope you're encouraged by this message from Pastor Steve. Hi, are you ready for your word today? If you have your Bible with you today, I want to invite you to turn with me somewhere about the middle of the Old Testament. And therein, I want you to find the book of Nehemiah. I want you to find the book of Nehemiah. And while you're turning there, because that's not somewhere probably you turn that often, uh, but while you're finding your space there, I want to mention a couple of things to you. Uh, Some of them, and I'm not trying to be Captain Obvious here this morning, but it is apparent that our world around us is changing. Is it not? Let me ask you this. How many of you look on at things today and you cast your memory back to 20 years ago and you say to yourself, man, if I had have had a perspective on this, if I could recapture my perspective on this issue that I had 20 years ago, I would have never imagined that I would see the things not just in some obscure parts of society, but entering into the mainstreams of our society today that the way that we see them today. Our world is changing. Our world is changing. Is it changing for the better? Well, you know, in some cases, yes. In some cases, no. And my question for you today is this. Who is it that's doing the changing? Who is it that's making all the arrangements? Who's pulling the levers? Who's making things happen? Do they have, you know, and then the next question is, are they people that we want affecting change in our world? Do they have the godly characteristics? Do they have the, are they morally and ethically upright? Do their values align with God's kingdom? Are these the people that are, that are leveraging influence in this world to bring about change? What kinds of people then are capable of changing things? Let me ask you this today. Are you capable of changing things? Are you capable of influencing change in the world? I believe you are. I believe you are. You may be here today and you may feel so insignificant. There, the Bible is replete with people who felt so entirely insignificant, yet in a moment of conviction, they yielded their lives to the hand of the Lord and through their lives, the Spirit of the Lord worked powerfully and we see these individuals affecting great change in the world around them. Now, I believe that it is possible that you just might be a world changer. And if I were to guess, locked up inside of every individual in this place, those of you that are watching online, there is the potential to change a world at a minimum or even more to impact and influence the world through your life. You know, I believe we think that the task of world changing belongs to those who are more gifted and talented than us, don't we? Oftentimes, we we just look on at problems and we just believe that that, you know, that's a work for other people to do. Certainly, it couldn't belong to us. 
But I want to tell you something today, church. There is a job opening in this world today. There's a job opening in this world today, and it's for folks to fill the role of world changers. And, and the need for world changers abounds on every front. I know when we think about changing the world, we think about like world domination, you know, and, and all these kinds of things, like this dictatorial kind of thing. I'm talking about where there is need for a world changer to enter the equations of life and make a huge difference. We need world changers in the marketplace and in businesses. We need world changers in our educational systems. We need, we need world changers in the church. You need world changers in your homes. You need world changers. We need world changers in our community. And there are children around us who need someone to change their world. There's a struggling family near you who perhaps needs a world changer in their lives. And you and I come into contact with people every day who desperately need world changers. Yeah, I'd say there are those under the sound of my voice, you may even encounter someone today who is in desperate need of a world changer, and let me encourage you as you look in the mirror to view that person. That you can be a world changer there too. Have you ever seen something and thought to yourself, wow, somebody should really do something about that? Right? Some, somebody should, should really do something about that. Maybe you've heard news that was so distressing that your prayer was that God would send someone to intervene. And I want to ask you the question today, what if God's someone is you? What if, as you're looking on at that family that so desperately needs help, what if that someone is you? What if you're looking on at things going on in the community and you say, Lord, you really need to interject some world-changing influence right here, some godly influence is needed right here. What if God's someone is you and I? What, what if, what if, what if, you know, what if, that's a powerful thing, isn't it? What if God touches your heart in the middle of all that saying things can change if I find a willing vessel to work through? What the world needs now are godly world changers. And the world you change may be no bigger than the one inside of you. It may be the world of your own thought life, the world of your emotional well-being. The world you change may not extend outside of your household or your immediate family, but it's worth changing. The world you change may have a scope that encompasses the globe, and we need not limit God and his ability to work through us to, change, to be change agents in this world, but we need to be willing vessels to say, here am I, Lord. Here am I. Let me tell you something. People who can spot the problems are a dime a dozen. But people with the courage and the fortitude and the availability to do something about it are very rare. 
And I want to challenge you today, people of God, that, that what this world needs today are godly world changers, and I believe that I am speaking to such a group of people. So for the next several weeks, we're going to be looking at the life of a man who has done as much for an entire nation of people, arguably, as any one person ever has. He's a man who took huge risks, and obviously, if you're going to be a world changer, you're going to have to position yourself in some vulnerability and put yourself in some spaces that are less than comfortable. He's a man who took huge risks. He assumed huge tasks, and he allowed the Lord to work through his life. Now, the name of this man is the one that, for, that his book bears his name. Uh, it's one that maybe you haven't heard of before or maybe you haven't heard of in a while but we're going to spend the next several weeks except for a few other services interjected here and there talking about the life of a man named Nehemiah and through his life we're going to take a look at several examples that if followed in your life and mine we too will be used by God to change the world in some sense and scope are you ready for that are you ready to be that person? Are you ready? Are you ready to be the individual that somebody stands up and testifies as Tawanda did earlier and said, hey, you know what? In a moment, I needed somebody. Somebody was there and it impacted my son. It's the small things. It's the small things. And, and you know, I want to say this at the beginning uh, before we get very far into this word today, and, and that is this. The, the word says, despise not the day of small beginnings. And I've got to, I've just got to, I'm not going to vent. That's not the appropriate thing to do. But I, I want to be honest with you and say that there's a lot of people who stand idle in God's army because they're waiting for this ginormous thing. There are opportunities that abound all around them to serve. There are places to get involved, but, but because it doesn't have the right platform, because it doesn't have the right title, because it doesn't sound like the right position, they won't serve because they're waiting for the door to open. And I'm telling you that until you start serving, until you start moving, until you start being faithful in what's in front of you, God's not going to open up the door for what's beyond you okay so let's start there okay and we're going to see how that works that works even here in the life of nehemiah and i'm going to show you you know it's a familiar question and tomorrow it's a question that all of us will ask ourselves where were you when the world stopped turning i was on a potato farm in camden county north carolina with miles, miles long of semi-trucks, all that said Frito-Lay on the side. They were there to pick up potatoes to be taken back to a factory to be made potato chips. Potato chips are actually made from potatoes. <laughs> I remember where I was, and there are significant moments in our lives when we all remember where we were. Where were you when you heard when you learned that you were expecting children, when you learned of the passing of a loved one, when you learned about various life events, where were you when you got the phone call that tragedy had struck a loved one? I'm not sure struck is a word, but I'm going with it. 
Where were you when you got the call to an altar? Were you at the altar? Were you in the house of the Lord? Were you in your prayer closet? Were you riding down the road? Where were you when God spoke to your heart? And you remember the time. Where was Nehemiah when all of this got started? Nehemiah was the cupbearer to King Artaxerxes of Persia. And according to the job description of cupbearer, if you understand what that is, then you, you may not think this was the greatest employment opportunity because it was the job of the cupbearer to test the food for the king. You know, it's kind of like the canary in the coal mine kind of deal. If the cupbearer drops down, we don't want any of that dish, right? Uh, so that was kind of Nehemiah's lot in life that he was there serving the king in that capacity. But the truth of the matter is the royal cupbearer was one of the king's most trusted officials. It was actually a position of great influence and honor because the position earned you proximity to the king. And I say to you today, again, don't despise the day of small beginnings because whatever it is that God has in front of you right now may be the thing that you need to engage because engaging in the project will bring you proximity to the king. And it was here at this noble post that Nehemiah was serving when he learned the plight of his own people. You've got to have a little backstory here and understand that Nehemiah was a Jewish man and he's serving in a Persian empire. And the reason is because many years before, the, the Babylonians had gone in and taken his people captive and brought them back to this nation as slaves. So over time, the passage of time, some people began to go back to Jerusalem and some visitors had gone to Jerusalem. They come back from Jerusalem and Nehemiah inquires of them about the plight of his own people, the Jews, who had returned to Jerusalem from this exile. And he inquires about a visitor who came back about the condition of Jerusalem. And in Nehemiah chapter 1, verse 3, uh, Nehemiah says, And they said to me, the survivors who were left from the... Uh, captivity in the province are there in great distress and reproach the walls of Jerusalem the wall of Jerusalem is also broken down and its gates are burned with fire how many of you know that uh, know of something in your life something in your community something maybe in your workplace that just isn't going so well that that's a space that's a space for godly influence to be exerted, for change to begin to, to work. It, 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 you know, we all know some of these things. It may be in the life of someone around you. It may be in the community. It may be in your own home. It may be, again, in your own life, whatever, that, whatever the scope of this world is that we're talking about. But wherever you note that things are not going so well, there is definitely an open position for a world changer there. And I want you to note Nehemiah's immediate response. His immediate response, Nehemiah verse 4 here, he says, So it was when I heard these words that I sat down and I wept 
and I mourned many days and I was fasting and praying before the God of heaven. Let me tell you, I want to transliterate for you some language of antiquity from Christianese and I want to translate it into a practical application here in this verse. Years ago in the church, we used to talk about having a burden. We don't talk much anymore about having a burden because we don't want to have a burden. But I'm going to tell you, there are, some, there are some burdens that are not so good, but there are some burdens that are birthed from God. And it is a sense, it is the weight that God needs to do something here, that there needs to be a change, that there needs to be some influence leveraged here to change things for the good. And Nehemiah just received a burden. It's unshakable. It's undeniable. He's troubled in his spirit by what he's heard. And he knows that somebody needs to do something. It's a burden. And when we are aware that there are things in our lives, our families, our communities, in our areas of influence that need to change, it's not enough for us to simply weep and mourn. We have to pray. And when we pray, we must do so with a heart that listens to the voice of God and is sensitive to the leadership of the Holy Spirit. And I want you to notice the closing phrases here of Nehemiah's prayer in verse 11. He says, Oh Lord, I pray, please let your ear be attentive to the prayer of your servant and to the prayer of your servants who desire to fear your name and let your servant prosper this day, I pray, and grant him mercy in the sight of this man, for I was the king's cupbearer. Somewhere, I know it's not good to assume, but somewhere about mid-prayer, we must assume that it became clear to Nehemiah that he not only needed to pray about what was going on, but he also needed to be willing and ready to be a participant in the solution. Somewhere in the midst of that prayer, Nehemiah had experienced, had an experience that inspired the action of God for the work of his life, that, that just, just this impression that God wanted to use him in some way to make a change here. How many of you believe that God would use you to make a change in a particular situation, a particular instance, something in the community around you? Many times, many times, when, we, when, when God gives us a glimpse of something, most of the time, we want it to happen right then. And this is where we get tripped up because sometimes God gives us a vision of something that's off in the distance and we can't ever get there because we won't continue the walk of faith. We stand in idleness waiting for the vision to come to us rather than us pursuing the vision. And that's not what Nehemiah does here. We're going to see that in just a minute. Many times... You know, when, when what God has shown us doesn't happen immediately, we just stall out. But what happens between the last verse of chapter 1 and the first verse of chapter 2 is a powerful lesson for all of us because what happens between these chapters is about four months. It's about four months of time. He had been praying on the first day he received the news. And if you noted that, he began to pray for opportunity and for favor. 
That's powerful. God, God opened the door of opportunity, opened the door of favor, and he's praying for a successful venture. He doesn't even know what he's supposed to do yet, but he's already calling out to God and saying, God, make my way prosperous. I know you've given me this burden. I'm praying for opportunity. I'm praying for favor. And I'm praying for a prosperous venture. Now, what do you think Nehemiah did during those four months? Here's what Nehemiah didn't do. He did not stop serving as the king's cupbearer. Remember, the position earned the proximity. So what I'm saying to you is that maybe God has given you a vision for something in your life. There's opportunity right in front of you. Don't despise the opportunity right in front of you because what God has shown you for the future hasn't come to fruition yet. Keep being faithful because he who is faithful with the small things do you remember the parable of the talents? That, that it, was the, it was the faithful servants who, who worked, who, who served in their master's absence, who were given in abundance. It was the break-even. I, 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 I don't know if we can impress that strong enough, that it was the break-even guy. He didn't lose it. He didn't abuse it. He didn't misuse it. He hid it. He stood idle in his master's absence. He was labeled by the man who typifies Jesus Christ at his coming as being a wicked and slothful servant and was cast in outer darkness. Okay? So to whom much is given, much is required. So he didn't stop working. Listen, if Nehemiah had ceased to work at what he was doing, he would have never had the opportunity to speak to the king about what he wanted to do and what he felt God leading him to do. You understand that? If he'd have said, no, no, I've been called the deliverer of a nation. This whole cupbearer thing is beneath me now. I'm not doing this anymore. Had he done that, he would have never had audience. Matter of fact, he probably would have lost his head in a literal sense. But, but the truth is, he would have never had the opportunity to even express his heart. And if you read the rest of chapter 2, Nehemiah speaks to the king. And it's evident that he spent those four months in preparation, trusting God for the opportunity. And maybe you've already got a glimpse of what God has inspired you to do. And the answer in that is not to sit idle in the next, until the next thing comes along. It's to keep being faithful in what you're doing right now. Preparation is essential. Faithfulness in the present is the essence of preparation. And there's a space between inspiration and opportunity that's called preparation. Maybe you're in that space right now. And let me tell you something. Sometimes preparation is also tantamount to frustration. I get it. I know what it's like to live in that space where you're being prepped for the next thing, but you've already got the burden of the next thing burning on the inside of you and you're waiting on God's timing. I get it. I understand. So four months have passed and since Nehemiah received this inspiration, he'd spent time in preparation. Now is the day of opportunity and we pick it up here in chapter 2 beginning in verse 1. 
It says, early the following spring in the month of Nisan, during the 12th month of the year, King Artaxerxes reigned. I was serving the king his wine, and I had never before appeared sad in his presence. So the king asked me, why are you looking so sad? You don't look sick to me. You must be deeply troubled. And Nehemiah said, then I was terrified. One more quick side note and then we're going to resume this. And that is to say that many of us believe that doubt is the antithesis of faith. I don't believe that. Because I believe that God can give you the grace to overcome your doubt. I believe that the Spirit of the Lord can give you the measure of faith to overcome your doubt. I believe the true antithesis of faith is fear because it doesn't matter how much you believe until you're willing to step out on it until you're willing to walk in it you will never see it and if you are paralyzed by fear you will not move forward doesn't you can claim it and name it and blab it and grab it and do whatever else you want to do to it but until you move in it you will not have it So, it's got to be stated here that moping in front of the king was a good way to get yourself killed to start with. But here was his opportunity. The king asked this question. The king asked this question, and in verse 3 says, And I replied. Do you realize what a God moment this is right here? What an opportunity. Here, here was the opportunity. Have you ever thought about a meeting and, and what you were going to say if you ever got the opportunity to have that meeting? Nehemiah had been thinking about this moment for four months. He had prepared, and because he had prepared... He didn't say, well, you know, I don't know, and all this kind of stuff. He said, no. He, he, he replied his, his well-thought-out request an articulated purpose for his request, the duration of his stay, the logistics concerning his travel, and a list of building materials. Come on, somebody. This man, this man has had an inspiration. He spent time in preparation, and now preparation meets opportunity, and he is prepared to walk through the door and change a world. This is why I say you can be a world changer because when inspiration and preparation meet with opportunity, we gain favor. You can have all the passion you want, but nothing replaces preparation. If you've got passion and no preparation, everybody just thinks you're a loose cannon. But when you're prepared and you can articulate your passion, and you can state what it is that the Lord has put on your heart. What if Nehemiah approached that pagan king and his best reply was, well, the Lord spoke to me. How many of you know that the Lord speaking to Nehemiah meant nothing to a pagan king? And too often times we're out trying to fight battles and execute change in a lost and dying world and all we've got is our King James version of some prophecy that we feel like we've received but we've not prepared our hearts for the moments that we're given platform to influence change in the lives of people. And we lose them in the first five seconds. 
with thus says the Lord. Preparation. This is not, this is not backing down. This is not cooling off. It's being, as Jesus says, as wise as a serpent and as harmless as a dove. Sure, there's resistance and opposition to God's work being fulfilled in our lives, but remember, there is neither resistance nor opposition that is greater than the favor of God. And when you have heard from God and you've prepared yourself in accordance with the call of God and you step into opportunity, there is no devil in hell. There is no hindrance of earth. There is no power, no weapon formed against you that's going to prosper. You will be the head and not the tail. You will be at the the front and not the back you will be leading the way and I just got to say I think it's time for the church of the Lord Jesus Christ to stand up and lead in this generation just just don't get caught down caught up in the quagmire of all the silliness going on but stand up be a mature prepared man or woman of God and lend voice with kingdom principles and lead and effect change in this world See, there's no power or persuasion that's greater than the favor of God because if God be for us, who can be against us? I want to invite you to stand all over this place because maybe you're here today and you're thinking, I know exactly what he's talking about because I have this thing that I've been feeling compelled to do, but I don't know what to do next. Here's what you do next. Prepare yourself. Prepare yourself. Seek the Lord. Pray. Study the situation. Study to show yourself approved. A workman unto God who needs not be ashamed. Rightly dividing the word of God. Just, just immerse yourself in that. And serve faithfully in where God has you right now. Because that may be the thing that opens up the proximity to what God wants to do later. And maybe you're, maybe you're thinking that you could never change anybody's world. And I want to just encourage you today... Don't underestimate God's ability to work through a yielded life. And maybe you're here today and you know what's next. That's already been revealed. But there appears to be too much opposition. Welcome to the life of faith. If your adversary is not opposing you, I mean this as graciously as I can. If the adversary is not opposing you, you're no threat to his kingdom. You're not doing anything of worth or value in the kingdom of God. You're not, you're not presenting any kind of influence to change the world for the, for the good. You're just kind of coasting on through, and that's okay, and he'll let you coast right on through. But if you want to be a world changer, you're going to meet opposition. You're going to wonder sometimes where the next resource is coming from. You're going to wonder sometimes where, where the strength and the resolve is going to come from. And I want to tell you today that it's not by might nor by power, but by the Spirit of the living God. That, that's where it comes from. And I want you to remember that there is neither resistance nor opposition that is greater than the favor of God. And this is, this is what I want to say to you on the, on, the, on the onset of this series of messages today. I want to give you this invitation. And then you say, Pastor, you do this every week. Because there is something, there's a correlation between what we do in the natural and what, what happens in the spiritual. 
And when we, don't, when, we don't, when we don't respond in the natural to the word, when we don't respond in the natural to the challenge, it's highly unlikely we're responding to it in the spirit. You save that for somebody that believes it. I, if you're responding to it, it's seen in your life. Amen? And it finally finds its way to the outside. So this is what I want to do. Over these next several weeks, if you commit to say, I want to be a world changer. Even if it's just in my own mind, I, I want to see some things changed in my own life, in my own world. And I'm going to commit to being strengthened by the anointing of the Holy Spirit to see those things change. If it's in your own home, your school system, your community, whatever it is. Maybe, it's, maybe you've got dreams of grandeur, I don't know. But if, if that's you, if that's you today, I want you to step out from where you are and just by way of pledge today say, here am I. Here am I. I'm ready. I'm ready, Lord. I'm ready to be used by you. I'm ready to be a positive factor in this life. I'm ready to be a positive influence in this world. I am ready to be used by you as a world changer. If that's you, I want you just to step out from where you are and be recognized this morning and say, here am I, Lord. Send me. Use me for your glory right now. Can we do that? Come on. Hallelujah. Those of you that are watching online right now, I want you to drop it in the chat. Just say, I want to be a world changer. I'm ready to be a world changer. Come on. Come on. If you're ready to be a world changer, drop it in the chat right now. If you're in this place, you're ready to be a world changer. Just lift your hands to heaven. Prepare to receive. We're going to pray an anointing over your lives right now. We're going to pray an anointing. We're going to pray the release of God's power over your life right now that you would be able to stand in, in adverse times, that you would be as wise as serpents, as harmless as doves, that you would be ready to step out in faith and be bold, to be courageous and be used by the power of the Holy Spirit. So Lord, today, God, we just, we just voice a request over this entire congregation this whole body of people right now Lord God we thank you first of all for the opportunity that is ours because Lord we know that you could do the bidding of your kingdom so many ways so many ways but Lord it's your desire to partner with the frailty of human flesh to anoint it to empower it to do things that are impossible for it, Lord. And God, today we just position ourselves in this moment, men and women of influence. And we say, here am I, Lord. Use me. In this ever-darkening world, use me. God, as we go back into the schoolhouses, as we go back on the college campuses, Lord, as we go back into the workplace, Lord, when I go back to my own home or look myself in the mirror, God, use me to be your strength, to be a force through whom you work to change this world for the good. Lord, release your anointing on your people today. Release your power on your people today. God, we're ready. We're ready to see exceeding abundantly above everything we ask or think. We're ready to see, Lord, we're ready to see this world being changed for your glory. And we give you the honor in Jesus' name. 
We hope you enjoyed this inspirational message today. If you would like more information about Faith Assembly, please visit us on the web at faith-assembly.org. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you have a blessed day.